Happy Turkey Month, everybody! Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back at My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing today? Do you guys got snow also? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I'd do a, um, a special TV show episode, a Thanksgiving featured episode, of a show I have not covered on the podcast before. And that show is The Simpsons. I've watched The Simpsons since I was a kid. Granted, I have not watched any new episodes of The Simpsons in quite a long time. I honestly go about as far as maybe season six, seven, and I kind of like, I got the season sets of up to like maybe eight. And then after that, it's like, I just, mm. but I thought, you know what, it's, Turkey Month, the season of giving, I want to give you guys a Simpsons Thanksgiving episode. Now, I don't know, you know, the show's been on for over 30 years, well, 30 years since 1989, so I, for all I know, there could be more than one Thanksgiving episode, I don't know, but the episode I'm talking about today is Season 2, Episode 7, entitled Bart vs. Thanksgiving. This episode aired on November 22nd, 1990. I would have been 8 years old, so I would have been Lisa's age. Granted, the kids are all forever 10, 8, and 1. As far as the show goes on, forever and ever. So the synopsis is pretty straightforward. It's just one sentence. On Thanksgiving, Bart runs away after fighting with Lisa. This episode's got a 7.8 out of 10 based on 2,107 ratings. Now, as you probably know, Dan Castellaneta does the voice of Homer Simpson along with others. Julie Kavner does the voice of Marge Simpson. Nancy Cartwright does the voice of Bart Simpson. And Yardley Smith does the voice of Lisa Simpson. This episode was directed by David Silverman, writer's Matt... I'm going to mispronounce Matt's name here. Is it... Groan... Groan... Groaning? Other writers include James L. Brooks, Sam Simon, and George Meyer. So I'm going to read through some trivia. When Bart is discovered attempting to steal a pie from the windowsill, one of the guards at Burns' mansion is reading Les Mis, in which the main character is imprisoned for stealing a loaf of bread after breaking a window. Oh, okay. The first occasion when Mr. Burns unleashes the hounds. He That's usually his go-to move when it comes to anybody... Ringing his doorbell, knocking on the doors, always release the hounds. While watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on TV, Bart doesn't recognize the balloon characters of Bullwinkle and Underdog. Homer chides him, don't you know anything? Bart replies, it wouldn't hurt him to use some cartoons made in the last 50 years. Just then, a Bart Simpson balloon appears on the screen. This episode aired on U.S. Thanksgiving Day in 1990 when a Bart Simpson balloon actually did appear in the parade for the first time. Okay, cool, cool. I have not watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in years. I We don't have cable anymore either, so I don't know. We'd have to like watch it online or something. After the centerpiece she made for Thanksgiving dinner is ruined by Bart, Lisa writes a poem beginning, I saw the best meals of my generation destroyed. This is a reference to the poem Howl 
by Allen Ginsberg, which begins, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked. Ginsberg was said to be pleasantly amused by this reference. The music Bart sings when he brings the turkey to the table is a music heard in the 20th Century Fox opening. I'll have to pay attention for that one. This is the second appearance of Kent Brockman, with his first appearance being Krusty Gets Busted. Alright. Mr. Burns lives on the corner of Croesus and Mammon, two symbols of wealth. The idea of Bart going up on the roof was suggested by George Meyer, who used to go up on the, fam on the roof himself when he had fights with his family. Okay. I have a thing about heights, so I'm not a fan of going on roofs. I remember my dad actually practically had to force me up onto the roof to help him clean out the chimney. And I was so freaked out. Dan Castellaneta's voice for one of the homeless men is an imitation of Bill Murray. The Dallas Cowboys named in this episode Jay... Is it Kogan? And Wallace Wolodarski, Wolodarski are actually writers on the show. The first episode in treating Bart and Lisa's sibling rivalry. This is the fourth episode to have Bart's name somewhere in the title. The staff decided to do a Thanksgiving episode after they found out that an episode would air on Thursday, November 22nd, 1990, the date of Thanksgiving that year. The series had previously aired at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday night, but the Fox Network switched its time slot to the same time on Thursdays at the beginning of the second season. Marge's mother, Jackie Bouvier, makes her first physical appearance in this episode, though she was first referenced in a flashback in the season one episode, Morning Lisa. Her name is obvious, an obvious reference to the maiden name Jacqueline Bouvier of Jacqueline, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, 1929 to 1994. First Lady of the United States from 1961 to 1963, it is ironic that the episode aired on November 22nd, the anniversary of the assassination of her husband, U.S. President John F. Kennedy. Bart's chalkboard message, I will not do that thing with my tongue. Uh, what thing would that be? Sofa gag. The family run in to find Grandpa sleeping on the couch. Their approach wakes him, causing him to flail in surprise. Bill and Marty make their first visual appearances, although they were heard on the radio in previous episodes, including Bart Gets an F. This is the first of three episodes where either Bart or Lisa give each other a kiss. The second is Bart Sells a Soul in 1995, and the third is Future Drama in 2005. In this episode, Lisa kissed Bart on his lips after accepting his apology. So I want to give a shout out to one of my favorite Simpsons podcasts out there right now. Four Finger Discount. It's a Aussie Simpsons podcast. And it's really, really cool. It's hosted by uh, Mitch and Dando, and they actually publish a Simpsons book just talking about their favorite things about The Simpsons and just uh, in-depth Simpsons, you know, trivia, you know, interviews with cast members, top ten lists, just a lot of fun stuff. And I just, I love it. I love it. I listen to it while I get groceries, and it's just so fun because... You know, they talk a lot about episodes that I've seen multiple times. I, I just find myself, like, quoting the episodes or the, the clips and stuff like that. It just, ugh. So definitely go check them out. 
So if you're new to this podcast, I just want to let you know where you can find the podcast on Facebook at Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. Or you can even type in Wonder Years podcast and that should pop up. Instagram, LBOM, Wonder Years podcast. And if you'd like to send an email to the podcast, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's get into the episode. We got Marge in the kitchen. She's got the turkey on the counter. She's pulling off the giblets, putting them in a pan. And we got Maggie sitting in her high chair, just sucking on a bottle, watching her mom work. I love how, excuse me, how Marge has got white gloves on because definitely you probably might want to wear gloves. Your hands are going to get icky, so... And even for sanitary reasons, I mean, you are touching a raw turkey. So Maggie so easily just slips right out of her high chair. She trades in her bottle for the pacifier, which she's always seen sucking on. She's got her bottle under her arm and walks into, walks, crawls into the living room where Homer is, of course, on the couch, where he has a good chunk of the time of the show watching television. We see Santa's little helper and Snowball 2 lying on the floor, curled up next to each other. It's really cute. We got Bart here who's trying to suffocate Lisa with a couch cushion because he wants her glue. So it basically just seems like Bart and Lisa, this whole we have just been really getting on each other's nerves. Bart, or, uh, Homer has to jump in here and say, Bart, stop torturing your sister. Or stop fighting with her. And he's like, yeah, but she's got my glue. And Lisa finally is able to get that couch cushion away from her mouth. And she's like, no, Bart, it's not your glue. This is family glue. Homer stands up as Bart and Lisa are just pulling on that bottle of glue. And he's like, this is Thanksgiving, so glue-friendly, or I'll take your glue away, and none of you will have glue. Lisa explains to Homer, like, look, he doesn't even want the glue. Watch. Here you go, Bart. He's like, I don't want your stupid glue. She's like, see, he only wants it because I'm using it. Classic sibling stuff. If one person's using something, the other sibling's going to be like, no, I want to use it. And then you give that to him, like, eh, whatever. It's just the fact that they can't have it at that moment. I didn't have younger siblings, but I lived with my cousins for a short time when I was younger, and a lot of squabbling. I would bring something from home, and there would a fight would break out because I had something that they wanted, and it was a pain in the ass. Then my aunt would finally say, can you just leave your stuff at home? So they're watching uh, the Macy's Day Parade there, and they're joking about Bullwinkle's antlers, and Homer laughs like, oh, look! Bullwinkle's antlers sprung a leak, and then the announcers are kind of squabbling with the fact that he's like, hey, did I make any sense saying that? And the other guy's like, not really. And then the guy is like, did that make any sense? He's like, now I know how the pilgrims felt. And the taller announcer's like, what are you even talking about? Bart, of course, has no idea who Bullwinkle is. I'm like, I think at Bart's age, I knew I watched Bullwinkle and Friends occasionally when it was on. Um, and reruns, I always either muted or changed the channel when Bullwinkle would come down in that little tutu with the little uh, magic wand thing for that in front of that storybook. I don't know whether it was like the twinkling tune or whatever just agitated me like no other. I still, I, I can't even describe 
I have a severe hatred for Betty Boop, and I don't know why. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's how she looks, maybe it's how she sounds, but I just, something about her just grates on my nerves. And Homer's like, well, that's Bullwinkle. And Bart's like, who the hell is Bullwinkle? And who's that? And Homer's like, well, that's Underdog. Don't you know anything, Bart? Oh, my God. can't believe you're my kid. And Bart, I get it. It's like, it wouldn't hurt them to use some cartoons made in the last, like, oh, I don't know, 50 years? Like, something relevant for 1990. So, Homer... Explains to Bart, if you just build any old cartoon character for every, or a balloon for every cartoon character, it's kind of a flash in the pan and it makes the parade into a farce. It's like, no, you don't do it for every single one, just the ones that are really memorable. Like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, maybe Mickey Mouse, um some other relevant ones back in the 90s. I could definitely see a Bart Simpson balloon one, yeah. What about Scrooge McDuck? What about Louie, Dewey, and Louie? What about Strawberry Shortcake? Rainbow Bright? Cartoon Punky Brewster? Uh, Transformers? He-Man? Thundercats? I could go on and on and on and on and on. Uh, Bobby from Bobby's World? The Tick? The cart from Life with Louie, Louie Anderson. I'm naming Fox shows, but... Oh, there it is! There's the... <laughs> There's the Bart balloon in the parade. So we get a shot of Maggie looking up the stairs, and she's like, wow, am I going to be able to... She manages to get through... There's some cord that's... Just a lot of things that can be tripped on. A cord... Um, a little garden towel, handheld thing, Bart's skateboard. It's an electrical cord. That's what it is, because it starts sparking. And it's on... Wait, no, that's wood that it's on. Okay, it's not on the carpet. So now we go to Lisa's room, and she is making this gorgeous-looking centerpiece. She's worked so hard on it, adding little fine details of different women that have had an impact on the world. She says it's a tribute to the trailblazing women who made our country great. Georgia O'Keeffe, Susan B. Anthony, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. So this woman was an American journalist, author, woman suffrage advocate, and conservationist, conservationist known for her staunch defense of the Everglades against the efforts to drain it and reclaim land for development. Her most influential work was the book The Everglades River of Grass, which redefined the popular conception of the Everglades as a treasured river instead of a worthless swamp. Oh, cool. Good for her. Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia Toto O'Keeffe was an American artist. She was best known for her paintings of enlarged flowers, New York skyscrapers, and New York or uh, New Mexico landscapes. O'Keeffe has been recognized as the mother of American modernism. Susan B. Anthony was an American social reformer and women's rights activist who played a pivotal role in the women's suffrage movement. Born in uh, into a Quaker family committed to social quality, she collected anti-slavery petitions at the age of 17. 1856, she became the New York State agent for the American Anti-Slavery Society. Good for you. When I was listening to Four Finger Discount, they mentioned, like, 
Lisa didn't have Marge up there, which was like, why wouldn't you have your mom up there too? I mean, she contributed by, you know, bringing you into the world, Lisa. So she gives Maggie a little marker to contribute to the Thanksgiving centerpiece. And Maggie just kind of scribbles, you know, her name or whatever, just a little scribble scribble on the side of it. And Lisa just hugs her and says, oh, thank you. I love this. Lisa Maggie sister moment. Just so sweet. And now we move back down to the kitchen as Marge is trying to get stuff taken care of. You know, she's expecting a lot of people coming over, family and all that. Bart, of course, is being the little kid, like, Mom, can I help you? Ma and she's like, Honey, can you please not be in my way right now? I'm trying to get stuff done. So she puts him in charge of the cranberry sauce, which pretty much is just what you opening a can and just having it slosh onto a plate so she gives him the handheld can opener and he's like mom it's broken mom it's broken mom it's broken mom it's broken and she's oh honey it's not broken here let me do it for you classic bard of course like turn it like eh, it's broken and she's like no here let me try it she opens it like in half a second and you see the gelatinous cranberry sauce pop out of the can via the shape of the jar, or the, uh, the can, just, just doubly goopity. I've never been a fan of cranberry sauce. I don't know why. I just, it's not my, it's not my, my jam. It's just not my jam. Of course, Bart leaves before she can, uh, ask him to do something else. Like, oh, Bart, oh, where'd he go? Now we're moving back to the living room. He's watching a football game. He picks up Maggie, sets her on his lap, and is just explaining, like, the silver and blue guys. Those are the Dallas Cowboys. And they're Homer's favorite team. And, of course, he reveals that he's bet on, you know, money on the game. So, like, I want them to win by this many points. Some football guy's been injured. He's on the ground. And one of the announcers says, yes, sir, looks like they'll be feeding him Thanksgiving dinner through a tube. Ugh, that ain't good. Marge comes in to the living room from cooking and tells Homer, isn't it time to pick up your dad? And he's like, honey, at the halftime mark, okay, I'll get it, I'll get to it. Ding dong, who's at the door? Eddie and Selma, Marge's sisters. Eddie and Selma come in, they have casserole dishes, or they have dishes filled with food. And Marge, of course, is like, no, you two knew that I was going to cook, okay? I told you not to bring anything and you did it anyway. And then they, like, like, yeah, well, I meant, you know, last Thanksgiving, your turkey was kind of, you know, dry. So, we wanted to bring some stuff. If they don't have faith in her that she can make a good meal. Swedish meatballs and trout almondine? Almondine, excuse me. <laughs> She's like, you knew I was cooking a turkey, but you brought food that I didn't ask you to bring. And they're like, oh, well, it's just that some people find your turkey a little dry. Like, ugh, whatever. I mean, their sides, they're not, like, Swedish meatballs and the whatever almond ine. <laughs> that, that, it's just more food. It's not like they brought their own turkey. Now, that would be a kick in the shin. Homer is nice to his sister-in-laws. He kisses them each on the face, which they're like, ugh, ugh. Ugh. He's like, well, I'm gonna go pick up my old man. See ya. I'm sorry, but Patty and Zelma have never been nice to Homer. And they've never been nice to Marge, either. They're always up her butt. Like, you never do anything. Her mother is, like, a thousand times worse than Patty and Zelma put together. 
Homer's in the car on his way to pick up his dad, and he's grumbling, imitating Patty and Selma. Like, he hates them with a fiery fury. So Homer in the car turns on the halftime game show on the radio, and they got the hooray for everything, kids. I love Homer's attitude. Like, oh, I love those kids. They've got such a great attitude, such spirit. I love how Homer is flashing his headlights even though it's daylight. He's just flashing along with the music. At Springfield Retirement Home, they are having turkey puree. As Homer wanders in and goes to grab his dad. And the director of the Springfield Retirement Home is saying the following people have relatives who wish they could be here today. Like, oh, that is so depressing as he reads off a list of people. And this one lady's like, oh, I know they wouldn't forget me. Like, oh, that is so sad. So Homer goes and grabs his dad. Like, hey, come on. And he's like, hey, what's the hurry? Homer's like, this place is depressing. And his dad's like, hey, I live here, you know. And Homer's like, yeah, I bet it's a blast. Let's go. I don't know. This It's a sad thing to think about. I mean, when you go and you visit someone in one of these facilities, it almost feels, depending on the person, like when you get there, it's like you just feel like sometimes you're like in a hurry. It's sad. And depressing and you just like when will it be time to go as sad as that is it's just oh so we got marge's mother jacqueline bouvier arriving by taxi and inside the kitchen we got marge and her sisters basting the hell out of that turkey like they're basting to the point where it's like on the tablecloth on the table all over the place Apparently, Jacqueline Bouvier has laryngitis. It hurts to talk, but she'll just say one thing. You never do anything right. Like, what? Why are you here? Don't you just hate that? Like, you have a parent that comes over, you're get making them dinner, and they have the nerve to complain about every little thing that you're doing wrong in their eyes. I love how we cut to the living room, and the only one there is Maggie chilling on the couch watching the halftime show while Santa's little helper and Snowball 2 continue to nap on the floor together. So Homer's trying to get a fire going by blowing one of those, like, accordion-style, I don't know what the heck they are, the thing that helps get the fire going, but it's not doing anything. Grandpa, of course, just like Marge's mother, is like... That's no way to start a fire, son! And, of course, Homer's like, Don't worry, I'm, I'm gonna get it. It's gonna start any time. Marge calls everyone to dinner. Lisa comes down the stairs with her adorable, gorgeous centerpiece. And they got a spot for it. I want to ask, how in the world did they just let Bart bring that turkey in? He just, he looks like he would drop it. That's like... Presenting the turkey on that platter is something like the one. I mean, wouldn't if you made a turkey, would you let your kid bring it in on platter? No, you'd want to present it yourself because you put all that hard work into creating it. And Bart, that turkey probably weighs one half a Bart. It's gonna be heavy. So Marge remarks on how impressive it is. Homer doesn't even know it. He's like, oh, that's the biggest one of one of those I ever saw. Like, yeah, sure. So Patty and Zelma are like, oh, yeah, she definitely gets that talent. She's gifted. She gets that talent from our side of the family. Right, Mom? And their mom's like, leave me alone. <laughs> and they're like, well, how long did that take you? And Lisa says, well, I mean, 
I couldn't tell you how many hours, but it was a labor of love. Now, mind you, that spot there is the only available spot for any, any turkey to go. So when Bart comes in, he's like, you got to move this thing out of my way because the turkey needs to go here. Because they don't have any other spot for the turkey to go. My, somebody could have made a spot for the turkey. And plus, it's like, shouldn't the centerpiece kind of be in the center of the table? That's why they call it a centerpiece. Bart, of course, is humming the tune of the 20th Century Fox. Bart comes in. He's got the turkey in one hand. Bull-loney. <laughs> he starts shoving her creation out of the way. Like, oh, you're taking up prime real estate. And Marjorie, I'm sure there's room for both. I'm sure there is room for both. But she and Bart get into a, a, a t tugging, tug-of-war match over this centerpiece. And eventually... It, end, it ends up landing in the fire, which, or the fireplace, which gets the fire going. Is that the Mayflower on the, it's, it got a cornucopia that's got, like, turkey wings on the sides. And it's got, like, the little Mayflower ship on the back half of the cornucopia. This is just such a cool thing. I wonder if anyone else has tried to, like, recreate Lisa's creation. Oh, I just feel horrible for Lisa. I just want to cry. I mean, she worked so hard on that. And now it ended up in the fireplace, which really got the fire going. I don't know what you put on that to get that fire going, but Grandpa's like, wow, that got her going. And Bart is like, bitchin'. And you see Mar just hands up to her mouth like, oh my goodness. And Lisa screams, which I would scream, and I'd be strangling Bart, like, you jerk, what the hell's wrong with you? Lisa goes to get the, the tongs to try to pull it out of there, but by the time she does, it's complete ash, it's gone. And she zips over to Bart and just, Bart, I'm gonna kill you! She's like, you don't even care! Like, no, he doesn't care, because he's a jerk. He's a jerk of a big brother for doing this to her. And... The kids get into a shoving, pushing, I'm going to poke your eyes out struggle. And they're leaning against the table as the family's like trying to keep everything. Because everything on that table is starting to wobble. And you cut, they cut to Maggie's face. It's like, oh, her siblings, what's going on? Homer and Marge finally break them apart. And Lisa runs upstairs crying. I'm happy that Homer lays down the lungs. Like, all right, Bart, you go to your room. You're done. And Bart's like, okay, well, I'll take some turkey and some stuffing to go and this and that. He says, send up the pumpkin pie in about 20 minutes. And Homer's like, no, now you need to go. You get nothing. And Bart turns to his mom, like, mom, do I have to? She's like, yes, I hope you're happy, Bart. You ruined Thanksgiving for all of us. Which, <laughs> and they zoom cut to Bart's worried expression. It's like, I would be worried if you were Bart. Bart, you... You messed up big time. And it's just a prime example of Bart thinking of nobody but himself. So Homer's talking about the prayer and how he's thankful for nuclear energy and that solar power is a pipe dream. And, you know, he's thankful for just the family being together and everything. And then he's like, well, I know that not everyone's been good today. I mean, you saw what happened. I mean, you see everything. Table looks like it's back together with all the stuff is upright and tablecloths not dirtied and they're just continuing on as nothing happened with two other kids upstairs. I don't know which one's Patty and which one's Sel Selma, but one of them's like worst prayer yet. 
Now we hear Lisa's saxophone. She's playing the blues. She's really upset she's working through her hurt. Marge decides to head upstairs and talk with Lisa. And Homer just says, like, don't worry, Marge will take care of everything, like she always does. Marge goes up and sits on the other side of Lisa's bed and just says, honey, your food's getting cold. And Lisa just, like, that's okay, I'm not very hungry anyway. And Marge is like, I'm really sorry about what happened, sweetie, with your centerpiece. And Lisa's like, Mom, I poured my heart into that centerpiece. I worked so hard on it. And Lisa's like, yeah, things always, like, that always happen in this family. And Marge is like, yeah, I've noticed that too. So Marge puts a comforting hand on Lisa's shoulder and is like, honey, when you're ready to come down, we'll all be there for you, okay? So Marge goes over to Bart's door, which there are toys strewn all over the hallway. The hallway, hallway is huge. I mean, there's a crusty doll, there's a bat, there's a baseball mitt, there's a baseball, a comic book, and a bunch of other things. And she's angry with Bart. She says, Bart, you can come down to dinner as soon as you're ready to apologize to your sister. And she also reminds him, it's going to be a real apology in front of everybody, and you have to mean it. Bart, of course, in his room was like, apologize for what? Clearing the table? Having a sense of humor? Ugh. Bart just doesn't get it. He's 10. He hasn't developed that sense of empathy just yet. So Bart's like, they think they can starve an apology out of me? Forget it. And he just hops right out the window and down the steps of his that tree. Looks like Bart's not the only one who's making a break for it because Homer's had enough of Santa's little helper that does not want to whatever piece of food that Santa's little helper was having a tug-of-war match with Homer. Like, all right, that's it. You're out. Go, go, go. So Bart and Santa's little helper are going to have a little adventure on Thanksgiving Day. They wind up at Burns' mansion, just watching from the outside. Oh, you see Mr. Burns at the end of the table cutting into a very thin piece of meat. Smithers, of course, has got a candy yam on a platter. Like, would you like some candy yam, sir? And Mr. Burns is like, oh, no, Smithers, I couldn't eat another bite to take this. Get rid of all of this. And it's one of those long tables that is filled to the brim with just anything and everything related to a Thanksgiving feast. Like, dispose of all this, please. Like, ugh, what a waste. So, Smithers made a pumpkin pie, which is cooling on the windowsill. That seems like a trope. Pies cooling on windowsills? Bart goes to try to grab it. Of course, there's a little force field there, and an alarm goes off alerting the two security guards that are sitting at a um a card table one's reading a book and they're just eating like some hungry man or swanson's turkey dinner that's sad they can't be with their families oh yeah and the one that was reading lame is so the security guard lets burns know that there is a young male around 10 or 11 years old on his premises and of course burns says release the hounds and luckily Bart is able to find a hole in the hedge there to jump through. So right after Burns's uh, property there, we see a sign that says, do not enter. And we see a set of railroad tracks. And you hear gunfire screaming and horns honking. 
Bart, of course, is walking with Santa's little helper, rubbing his stomach because he's starving. We see signs for businesses that say, one says massage parlor, there's um, windows boarded up. We see a guy on uh, in the doorway there. We see barrels of trash that have been turned over and the trash is spilling out. We see different uh, vagrants, homeless people. We see pawn, we see billiards, we see liquor. Yes, we have rot gut. Of course, this doesn't phase Bart at all. He's like, wow, wrong side of the tracks. There's also above the billiards, it says bail bonds. And there's like three windows, like broke a lot of windows smashed out. The Bart happens upon the Springfield Plasma Center, which is located at 2416. There's a yellow sign with black pilgrim hats and Thanksgiving turkeys and a sign that says... Blood donors needed. We buy blood. Turkey Day special, $12. Bart walks in there. Of course, the lady's like, you got to be 18 to sell your blood. Let's see some ID. So Bart hands her ID. Of course, it's Homer's driver's license. like that. And the lady's like, okay, Homer, in the chair. And Santa's little helper is sitting outside whimpering. Like, he's like, oh boy, I know what's coming. You hear, ow! Of course, you're getting pricked. And it's a plasma center. Donating blood. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we cut back to the house as the family is either done with the, the turkey, looks like it hasn't even been carved yet. And uh, Marge's mother is like, I can't really talk. I'll just say one thing. I'm sorry, game. No, oh, which I hadn't done that with my voice. They're all waiting for Bart to apologize. That's why they haven't dug in to the turkey yet. Because either Patty or Selma is like, when is that boy going to apologize? He sure is stubborn. Grandpa, of course, is like, oh, Homer was never stubborn. He always folded over everything. It was like he had no will of his own. Well, yeah. As uh, Homer's father looks at Homer and says, isn't that true, Homer? And Homer's like, yes, Dad. Like, oy, oy, oy. Bart comes out with a little bandage on his arm with a cookie. He's like, wow, 12 bucks in a free country. What a cookie. And he just passes out right there in the sidewalk. And Santa's little helper, who's also starving, helps himself to Bart's cookie or what's left of it. Oh, it's not even the sidewalk. He falls off the sidewalk, Bart does, and lands right next to the gutter. We see a couple homeless guys, or however they are, and I'm surprised that Santa's little helper didn't start barking or growling, like, protecting Bart, but these guys, they don't really mean Bart any harm. Like, hey, cute little kid. It looks like he's coming, too, because, you know, Bart passed out due to blood loss, and a cookie is not going to be enough to uh, get you back on your feet. He's like, and one of the guys is like, oh, man, you look a little pale, buddy. Let's get you some food. So, I mean, the two homeless guys looked like they were headed towards uh, the food bank anyway, or the uh, shelter that once a day does give out turkey dinners to those in need. It's a rescue mission. I'm sorry. Bart's really impressed. He's like, wow, this is great. Free grub. Bart sees Ken Brockman there doing one of those uh, stories. Be thankful for what you've got type of stories as uh one of the uh, guys that came in with Bart tells him, like, yeah, he's here every year. 
basically Ken Brockman, he's putting down the people there that are getting a free meal, and then he's putting down the viewers at home, how, oh, you guys should be really thankful for what you got, or you should feel bad for, you know, these people, or whatever. It's like, oh my gosh. The family is now sitting around the television, watching this segment on the news. Marge, of course, comes in with Lisa. Lisa's written a poem, and Marge is like, eh, Lisa wants to read us a poem that she's written. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, we can give it a, a little bit of attention. But, of course, Kent Brockman interviews Bart and the whole family, who doesn't even know that Bart's not upstairs in his room. We're like, what? Bart's at the home? The uh, rescue mission. Oh, uh, Grandpa's like, it's Bart. And Homer's, like, sitting on the couch like, what show is this? Like, it's the news, man. Now, of course, Lisa gets kind of screwed over by Bart being on television. She doesn't get to share her... Ugh. First, her her Thanksgiving centerpiece gets ruined by Bart, and now he's kind of stealing the spotlight again by being on television. I mean, you know that that poem that she wrote is going to be a woe is me, feel bad for me, feel sorry for me type of thing. The family only would have paid half attention to so, Ken Brockman is interviewing Bart and asks him, how long have you been on the streets? And Bart's like, going on five years, Kent. <laughs> and Kent Brockman asks, your family might be watching. Is there anything you'd like to say to them? And Bart's like, yes, I do, as he faces the camera. Santa's little helper is there, too. Bart pretty much like, haha, I didn't apologize, and I got a free turkey dinner. Ugh. And they're all like, oh no, poor Bart. Ken Brockman and his team scoot off as Bart and the two gentlemen that he came with are heading out. The two guys are going to be out the way. Bart's going to be on his own again. And he's like, look, I got $12 from donating blood. You guys want, I mean, you're not going to feel bad taking money from a kid. And both guys kind of look at each other like, do you feel, no, no, we don't feel bad. Okay. Like, here you go. But before um, Bart gives them money, they actually are concerned. Like, hey, do you got somewhere to sleep tonight, Bart? And Bart's like, oh, yeah, there's a um, uh, family that I normally crash with. They're pretty cool. So, And they're like, wow, it seems like you got a really uh, good setup going on. I wouldn't blow that if I were you. So the rescue mission is pretty much closing up shop for the night. And all the uh, people that were there are just finding places to... Uh, bed down for the night and Bart realizes like oh I'm on my own again now we cut back to the house they've called the police they're looking for Bart and the police did go to the rescue mission but of course when they got there Bart was nowhere to be found and the police of course asked like is there any reason that he might have run away and they're like well I mean we did yell at him <laughs> Homer is, like, ashamed and embarrassed when he admits it. Like, well, I mean, we did kind of yell at him and send him to his room. And the guy, the two cops are like, oh, yeah, that'll do it, all right. Oh, Homer also adds, and tried to force him to apologize to his sister. Poor Marge is just hanging, her head's hanging, like, yeah, we did do that. Oh, Marge also adds, and I said he ruined Thanksgiving. Like, whoa. <laughs> So we also cut back to Bart and Santa's little helper. You can see it's dusk. There's not a lot of light. And Bart's like, hey, some, some Thanksgiving, huh, boy? Santa's little helper has no reply. We cut back to the house. And, of course, Patty and Selma, Grandpa, and uh, Marge's 
mom are all on their way to their prospective homes. Like, don't worry, I'm sure Bart will be back. It's not a big deal. Apparently, <laughs> uh, if you've seen the show, you know that Grandpa Simpson's uh, retirement home is not the best. Apparently, if he's not back by nine, they declare him legally dead and collect his insurance. Okay. So, Homer is pacing in the living room, and Marge is like, look, we can't blame ourselves. And Homer's like, we can and we will. He's really feeling beat up about this. Like, we shouldn't have sent him to his room and forced him to apologize. He's gonna hate us forever. Marge is like, look, children need discipline. You can ask any syndicated advice columnist. Oh, boy. And Homer just collapses on the couch and just holds Marge's hand like, Marge, are we ever gonna see him again? Bart's outside the house, and he's just kind of looking forlornly at the door. Like, he knows what he has to do, and he has to apologize. And, of course, he and his head is built up, like, it's gonna go so bad when I apologize. And it's really creepy. It's almost nightmarish, this image that he projects in his head. Actually, at first it doesn't start out so bad. Like, Homer and Marge hug him. Elisa hugs him. Like, I'm sorry we had such a terrible fight. And Marge starts out with Bart. Isn't there something you'd like to stay, say to your sister? And Bart's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry too. Marge, oh, it turns really dark. Like, no, 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 that won't do it all. And the family all of a sudden looks like 10 feet tall and they're towering over him. And Homer's telling Bart to get on his knees and beg for forgiveness. Like, Good grief. And Lisa's all like, yeah, beg me, Bart, beg me. Like, oh. Bart is on his knees. And now we also add in Grandpa and the other uh, family members. All laughing evilly. Marge is all pointing a finger saying, now we can blame him for everything. And poor Bart is just, you know, fingers folded on his knees. And everyone's just blaming him because it's your fault I'm... It's your fault I'm old. Maggie's like, it's your fault I can't talk. Oh, but uh, Homer's like, it's your fault I'm bald. And Bart's like, I'm sorry. And Grandpa's like, it's your fault I'm old. And Bart's like, I'm sorry. And we really don't get Maggie talking too often, rarely if ever. And I don't know who did her voice here, but he's like, it's your fault I can't talk. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Everyone is just, as the dream sequence kind of, you know, fades away they're all pointing fingers and he's saying i'm sorry i'm sorry and he's got his hand now on the door like he's ready to go and he's like they want me to apologize forget it bart climbs the tree which i think is later going to be used for his tree house and he sees the roof of the house has got all these things that he's probably forgotten about that have somehow landed on the roof an airplane a frisbee a a football, a baseball bat, a baseball glove. This has got to be the flattest and narrowest. Uh, I am not a fan of roofs. And then, my dad once forced me to get up on the roof to help him clean the chimney, and I was really panic-stricken. He's able to like run around this and throw a football and catch it without like tripping it over his feet and like falling and tumbling down the side of the roof. So Bart hears crying on the roof and realizes that it's Lisa. And he goes and he shouts down 
it's not a chimney, but it's a little pipe sticking out of the roof. And he's like saying, Lisa, Lisa, it's me. And, and, and Lisa, of course, at, at this time, she's at her desk and just her head is bent over her folded arms and she's just crying for all that she's worth. I think there's uh, framed pictures on her bookshelf of Santa uh, Snowball 2 and Santa's Little Helper. She like looks around like, Bart, where are you? He's like, shh, I'm on the roof. He was like talking through a, into a pipe or something on the roof that led into a vent. Led right into Lisa's room. She climbs out the window into the tree and gets onto the roof. And Lisa asks, like, what are you doing up here? I mean, everybody's worried. And Bart is like, really? They're really worried? I mean, did they cry? And Lisa's like, yeah. Bart is just really happy that, like, whoa, bullseye, great, I made them upset. And Lisa now is sitting with her arms across her, you know, she's got her knees pulled into her chest and her arms, like, hugging to herself. And she's like, Bart, why did you burn my centerpiece? He wants us an honest answer. And he knows what, you know, she wants for him. He's like, oh, come on, don't go soft on me. I just... And poor Lisa, my heart just breaks for her. She's like, was it because you hate me or because you're bad? Bart's like, I don't know. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I enjoyed it. And I don't know why I'll do it again. And she's like, Bart, just tell me. Why did you do it? He's like, just tell me you're sorry. And Bart, of course, has turned away from her arms folded. He's like, why should I? And she tells him, like, the only reason to apologize is if you look deep down inside yourself and find a spot. Something that you wish that wasn't there. Because you feel bad you hurt your sister's feelings. Like, mmm. You know, it's called guilt, isn't it? It's got, you know, you do something, you say something, you don't intentionally mean to hurt someone's feelings. Or maybe you do because you're angry. But then you see that person, now I'm getting worked up. You see that person upset and cry. And it's just this, this feeling of, of guilt. and like You feel bad. And that's what she wants Bart to feel. Like, I know that you have a sense of empathy deep down inside of you. If you just look hard enough. And he's like, Ugh, just leave me alone. And she's like, just look. And he closes his eyes like, hmm. I'm looking, I'm looking, still looking for the feeling. And all of a sudden it hits him. He turns and walks over to Lisa. They're still on the roof, mind you. He goes over to her. As he's saying to himself, like, just because you worked so hard on that project and I just threw it into the fireplace like I meant nothing. And it hits him. And he turns and puts a hand on Lisa's shoulder and says, Lisa, I'm sorry. She hugs him around the neck and kisses him. It's like, oh, it's all better now. And of course, in the bathroom, Homer is like at this little itty bitty window listening to their apology. And he's standing on the toilet lid and he turns around to Marge. And he's like, Marge, you know what? <laughs> we raised some pretty dang good kids. We're great parents. It looks like they're having uh, turkey sandwiches for breakfast because everyone's in their, uh, Homer's in his blue robe, Bart's in his green pajamas, Marge is in her, like, plum-colored nightgown, and Maggie's in her little onesie and everything. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And we see Santa's little helper and Snowball, too. And I like that, you know, they're, 
they're all praying and just saying, on this blessed day, we thank thee for giving our family one more crack at togetherness. And they're all eating turkey sandwiches. Aww, so they get to have kind of like a Thanksgiving redo. And Santa's Little Helper and Snowball 2 are having slices of turkey. Longest time, as the credits come up, you hear everyone like slurping and gobbling. Like, ugh, okay? And that is the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really, I enjoy the early episodes of The Simpsons. And I just thought this would be a great episode to cover for Thanksgiving since it is a Thanksgiving episode. So with that, everyone have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving if you're traveling. And I hope you have a good time with family and friends. Bye-bye.